Okay, everyone, today we're going to be talking about something pretty basic as far as I'm concerned, but I know causes a lot of confusion out there because I hear the confusion all the time when I'm listening to people having discussions about SMB acquisition out there. And I see the confusion when I see packages put together by brokers or discussions with business buyers uh, where they confuse SDE and EBITDA. So today we're going to dig into what exactly is the difference. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Dealmaking, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog, where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like, and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Are you thinking of growing your business or beginning a journey into entrepreneurship? Take a shortcut to success by buying an existing and profitable business the right way. Visit businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn more about my online training, group coaching, and consulting services designed to help you win. All right. So uh, as many of you know, I, I mention this all the time, I get up early in the morning and I go for a walk every day. And it's one of the ways that I get my exercise in. And it's also the time when I consume a lot of content that's out there in the world of buying and selling businesses like podcasts and audiobooks and things like that, because I'm walking through the neighborhood and I've got the earphones in. And so I was listening to a podcast and some people were talking about the analysis and, and uh, negotiation for a small business. And they were talking about a business having an SDE of $750,000 or $2 million or whatever it was. And it was kind of grating to my ears because there's a time when SDE should be used to discuss a business and there's a time when EBITDA should be used to discuss a business. And whenever I'm out there having conversations with people or I do one-on-one -on -one consulting calls, uh, I, I realize quite often that people are confused by these two terms and they don't understand the difference. And there is a difference between these two terms. And if you don't understand the difference, you could end up putting yourself in a bad spot with respect to negotiating for a business deal. So what I did um, is I dug into uh, one of the presentations that I do live and I pulled out a slide. So I'm going to I'm going to show that to you guys here on the screen. So this is a, a slide from a presentation that I do about buying businesses. And it illustrates graphically the difference between seller's discretionary earnings and earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So if we look at this box, right, uh, this graph, right in the middle, there's a, a yellow golden box called total revenue. And this represents the total amount of money that comes in the front door of a business. And then the other two boxes, and I'm looking at the right-hand side, uh, the EBITDA side, there are two boxes. There's an expense box. And this is all the places where the business needs to spend money in order to function, okay? And then above that um, is the profits, okay? So once everything's been paid for, the profitability is there. And, and it's not really profit. It's a notional level of cash flow called EBITDA, uh, which is the earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And this is a notional cash flow level. It's not real. That money doesn't end up in your pocket because you have to actually pay for interest taxes and you have to pay for replacing capital equipment, which is represented by depreciation. So 
you know, I've gotten into lots of videos before about why we use these notional levels of cash flow. Um, and you can look up some of those other videos. But generally, the EBITDA level of cash flow is used for businesses that are bigger than what I call Main Street businesses. So once a business has an EBITDA over half a million dollars or so, this is really the cash flow level that we should be using when we're framing a discussion about those businesses. Why? Well, it has to do with what's included in that expense box. So let's reference the other side of the image. So on the other side of the image, we have seller's discretionary earnings. And you'll see that the expense box is smaller and the difference between the EBITDA and the SDE expense box is the manager's salary, okay? And so the reason why is because when we're talking about smaller businesses, we are typically more often discussing businesses that are owner operated. So when, an, when someone looks at a business, a smaller business, and they say, if I buy this business, how much money will be available to me under the assumption that they're gonna go in and run the business, then they're gonna be looking at the seller's discretionary earnings, which is the profits of the business, the EBITDA profits, plus the manager's salary. That is the money available to an owner operator that works full-time in the business. Now, as you can see, these are not the same. Given these definitions, okay, what we know is that every business out there is going to have an EBITDA and an SDE. And these two numbers have to be different by definition because the difference between them is the manager's salary. And so at least once a month, I will get a SIM or a business profile shared with me by a business buyer from a broker in which SDE and EBITDA are listed as the same number, which it cannot be, right? That's impossible. There has to be a value for the fair market wage of a manager of the business. And so this is often a tell that the broker who's managing this file doesn't understand what they're doing, right? And it's very common. I also see a lot of people who are discussing business deals who are using these two terms interchangeably. Now, where's the danger in that? The danger is, is that if you don't understand the difference between SDE and EBITDA and you apply an EBITDA multiplier to an SDE cash flow number, you're going to end up overpaying by a multiple of the manager's salary, right? Which you don't want to do as a business buyer. If you're a seller and you confuse these two things, you're going to end up with an asking price that is overstated by a multiple of the manager's salary. Now, we're talking about normalized numbers. Oftentimes, you know, the owner of a business will pay themselves a salary that is not the fair market wage for that position. All this stuff gets normalized, but that's the difference between the two is the manager's salary. Now, when we're talking about smaller businesses, we most often talk about the seller's discretionary earnings because for the most part, people are owner managers in that part of the market. So when I prepare business profiles or SIMs for, for clients that want to sell a business, we always want to present it with a view to catering to two types of business buyers. The people who are strategic buyers, that person is going to, you know, that buyer, whatever they are, entity or a person, if they're going to be a strategic acquirer and they're not going to work in the business, 
they're going to have to pay someone to run the business for them, a manager. And so that person is going to look at the EBITDA level of cash flow to make their consideration about their buying choice, their rate of return, all that kind of stuff. Someone who is going to buy the business and step in and do the manager job, maybe take over the position of the, the seller, they're going to be looking at the SDE level, right? So depending on who you are, you're going to look at one level of cash flow or the other in making your decision about whether it makes sense to buy the business. But regardless of what your situation is, you need to look at both of these levels of cash flow so that you can make an estimation of the value of the business. Let me give you an example. If I'm going to buy a small roofing company to add on to my existing roofing company, I'm a strategic acquirer, I may think that I'm just going to look at the EBITDA number. But the small roofing company may be in that Main Street market space in which the valuation typically is done by multiples of SDE. So I need to consider the SDE and look at what the market is paying for those businesses to see if it makes sense for me to do that acquisition. And sometimes it may not. Because as a strategic acquirer, I'm looking at a market of smaller businesses that are typically owner run. The owner operator type of buyer, the person that's looking to leave a job by buying a business, they may be willing to pay more for that business than a strategic acquirer would. I, I, I run into this all the time where you know, people will say, well, I'm not going to pay that amount of money for that business because it doesn't make sense. After I pay a manager, there's not enough cash flow left. And my response to that is, yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's a business for somebody who wants to step in and run it day to day. It's a different kind of person, a different kind of buyer looking to solve a different kind of solution. And that business may be the ideal solution to their income problem because that those types of buyers are looking to both make an investment and buy a job because maybe they want to leave a, a career they don't like, right? And so... What's great, as far as I'm concerned, about this whole world of buying and selling businesses is that the market is incredibly opaque. There's a lack of transparency. The, there are different buyers in the market looking for different solutions to what is motivating them. There are different sellers that have different things that they're trying to offer. And it's really hard for these two parties to meet each other. This creates a market for intermediaries. It, it also creates an opportunity for people that are willing to do a lot of work to get in there and find something that works for them. And it's not easy, which prevents market efficiency. And that is code language for there are good deals out there if you're willing to do the work to find them, right? And so when you are a strategic buyer and you're buying a business from somebody who is also a sort of a strategic owner, someone who doesn't work in the business full time, I've often had people say to me, well, there's no SDE because the current owner doesn't work in the business. Yeah, there is. Again, let's look at the graph. So if the current owner has an EBITDA level of cash flow because they're paying someone to be the manager, then when we look at that business to calculate the SDE, we we all we have to do is find out what the manager is being paid, and then we can figure out what the SDE number is. So when I talk with people that are looking at buying a business, and I'll, I'll ask them, what's the cash flow? And they'll give me a number, and I'll say, is that SDE or EBITDA? It's hugely important. It's a very big distinction. And I know sometimes uh, we don't get back to basics on this channel very much, but I thought given the conversation I heard on a podcast and given the fact that just the other day I got another one of these Sims 
that actually listed EBITDA and SDE as the same number, I realized that there's a need for some of this basic stuff. Uh, if you want to dig deeper into this, there is a video that I released a couple of years ago called Why SDE is Not Cash Flow, which gets deeper into just what these numbers really are and how you cannot consider them to be the money that ends up in your pocket uh, because of all the things that are not included. You should go check that out. And if you want to really get into this stuff and you want to really learn and you don't want to make uh, a silly mistake, then head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com. It's where you can learn all about the different services that I have for business buyers. And for those who really want to get into the numbers and have a great idea of what the future of a business or business ownership might look for, like for them, head over to bizplanschool.com. It's where my cash flow forecasting and business plan writing program is where I teach people to take a blank spreadsheet and build an entire business model for a subject business. There's all kinds of examples in there. I do this with a couple of startups as well as a couple of acquisitions. And it goes through several weeks where we build out that, uh, that cash flow forecast and leads right into projected financial statements and building a business plan. Uh, and it really is something that I recommend for everyone in the due diligence process. Um, Business Buyer Advantage has an analysis tool in it that can help you make offers. But before you close on a deal, you really do need to have a fully fleshed out cash flow forecast so you can be certain that the deal makes sense and you're going to be able to service the debt that you might take on to buy it. Anyway, uh, with that, I'll say thank you very much. Uh, I always appreciate the comments that people leave behind. Um, this is where you know I generally get the fuel for all the videos that I produce. Uh, and I look forward to reading the comments that you have down below. And with that, I'll say see you later and we'll talk to you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Go over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, and more. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go to Mark Willis at Lake Growth Financial, today's video sponsor. Mark helps people better manage their personal and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've seen others use it successfully for years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find all the interviews I've done with Mark and learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up for a free consultation to learn what this solution might look like for you.